This podcast has been brought to you with the support of Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. With a Wise account, you can send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Whether you're traveling through Asia, freelancing in France, or buying that dream property in Oz, Wise is the easy way to connect all your finances internationally. You can even send money home to mum in minutes. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com. Hello, I'm Damien Venuto. It's April 3rd and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. The end of March left New Zealanders shivering as temperatures dropped sharply across the country. This sent a warning sign that winter 2023 may not be as mild as those we've seen in recent years. So what factors are influencing our weather at the moment? How cold could this winter be? And are there any affordable ways to keep your house warm when the mercury drops? Today, on the front page, NIWA meteorologist Chris Brandolino offers insight into the big chill heading our way. Chris, at the end of March, we saw temperatures drop to levels we usually expect to see in June. So what exactly happened here? We had a shift in wind direction. That's the simple answer. Our airflow not coming from a warm place. Where the air is coming from, that often tells you, is your air going to be warm, cold, wet, dry? So back to spring and summer, we had a lot of east to northeast winds. So the air was warm. The air was wet particularly for the North Island, it was wet. But that was linked to other things. It's it, Everything's linked in our world, in the globe here with our atmosphere. And out in the tropical Pacific, so we're talking between, say, between Vanuatu and tropical Queensland and Australia. So that's one end. And the other end along the equator, you go towards South America. And oftentimes we have to watch what's happening with ocean temperatures out there. That's called ENSO, El Nino Southern Oscillation. And there are certain phases And for the past three years, we've been in this phase called La Nina. And basically, that describes unusually warm water well north of New Zealand toward, again, the Coral Sea and and Queensland, Papua New Guinea and, and that area. But that's changed. We're out of La Nina and we're seeing those winds becoming more west to southwest. Not always, but certainly more than they've been. And that's a big reason why we've seen the recent cold snaps last week when temperatures were in the single numbers and even some places in the South Island sub-zero. Chris, looking at the fact that we have had this cold weather emerge far earlier than expected, is this a precursor of what we can expect for this winter? Most likely it is. In fact, NIWA recently issued its updated seasonal climate outlook. In that document, there's a nice technical discussion if people want to have a read. But because we're most likely going to be entering El Nino in the tropical Pacific, because that climate driver is changing, our airflows are going to change. History has shown when we have El Nino conditions in the tropical Pacific, what that means for Aotearoa, New Zealand, is we tend to get more southwest winds during the autumn and more southerly winds during the winter. So it's very likely that as we progress through autumn, especially the last, say, month of autumn, talking about May, and as we enter the winter season, June and beyond, we're going to see a propensity for more southwest and southerly winds. Doesn't mean it'll happen all the time. It just means it'll happen perhaps more than usual or perhaps more importantly, more than we've seen. Got to keep in mind, the past three winters, we've had record warm winters. 
going three consecutive years, we've had record warm winters in Aotearoa, New Zealand. So people maybe have developed a recent bias of what winter is like. It's very unlikely we'll see something like that this winter. We haven't issued our winter outlook quite yet, but that's certainly how things are shaping up. When can we expect those colder conditions to start hitting us hard? Yeah, I think what's going to happen, it's very much an evolution. Because the atmosphere has a memory, every now and again, we still may get La Nina-like weather. And the best analogy I can come up with is most of us have had COVID. You get that double line, you test positive, you know you have COVID. And then for about a week or 10 days, you feel like crap. And then after about a week or 10 days, you test again, and you test negative, and you start feeling better. But you still may have a lingering cough. You still may have lingering symptoms like fatigue. And that's kind of like what we're talking about with La Nina. Even though La Nina has ended, we still may have a cough from the atmosphere that's La Nina-like. The symptoms may still be there. And when that happens, which we think will happen in April, we've got to watch mid-April, probably around, I think, after Easter. I think we'll sneak in a nice Easter weekend. Let's hope so. But as we get maybe toward Easter Monday, and especially after Easter Monday, we could see a La Nina-like cough from the atmosphere, where we see winds coming from the north or northeast, where we see our air flows coming from the north and northeast. And that increases the odds for not only warmer temperatures, but also rain events and potentially big rain events, because well, to the north and northeast, that's, you know, the subtropics and the tropics. And that's where we get some really heavy rainfall. There's more moisture content there. So it'll be kind of a lumpy transition. And I think as we get into May, there could be probably a more persistent type coolness, and especially June. If you're enjoying this episode of The Front Page, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. How much snowfall can we expect this season? Do you think skiers will have something to celebrate this year? Hey, man, I knew you are going to ask this question because <laughs> we talked about last week when um, we get together and we go over the guidance for the next three months. We were talking about, well, people are going to be wondering about the ski season. I'll say this. Yes, the odds certainly favor a colder end of autumn and start of winter because of what we just talked about, more southerlies, right? However, to make snow, you need moisture. And what the guidance is showing is that as we get toward May and as we get toward June and maybe even beyond, while the air may be colder, there may not be a lot of moisture. We could be leaning in a dry direction, especially for the North Island. For the larger ski fields that can make snow, I think I would be optimistic. The season may be something that is better than the past, you know, three, four, five years as a whole. For the North Island, it could be, you know, dryness. And for those ski fields that are smaller and maybe don't have the deep pockets to make the snow, even though it could be on the cooler side or cooler than it's been, if there's not a lot of snow falling from other nature, then that could still be a struggle. So we're looking at big blue skies, crisp mornings, that winter chill, but not necessarily a lot of cloud cover. Cloud cover or rainfall, yeah. So, exactly. So, that's something we have to be mindful of. It would be great for skiers if we could find that sweet spot where we, we have a nice cold air mass and we get some moisture coming in from the Tasman or things like that. You get what we call overrunning. Some people call undercutting, where you have the cold air in place, but then you get a nice feed of moisture and you get a good snow dump. Sure, that could happen, but I think because of the overall situation that we're entering with transitioning to El Nino over the next several weeks and months, that may be reduced, those odds. So, yeah, we'll see. Ben, given that we've just come out of this really wet summer, what can we expect from the winter weather? Can we expect more rain or will this be a drier winter? 
you know, we've had an excess amount of rain in the North Island, the flooding, and that's been well, you know, everyone is aware of that. We'll have to be mindful if we do have a drier than normal, say, end of autumn, drier than normal winter. I'm not saying we will, but it's something that we're mindful of. That could set us up for a spring and summer that's, well, shall I say, suboptimal from kind of a, a water perspective. So people who are on water tanks, you know, reservoirs. History has shown that when we have kind of a drier than normal end of autumn and winter period, that puts us in a precarious situation in terms of water availability as we enter the warm season. Long way to go on that, but it's something we have to be mindful of. So globally, with El Nino conditions becoming more dominant, there are concerns that we could surpass that 1.5 degree climate threshold. Could you explain why that's so dangerous? You know, look, the answer is this. The warmer our atmosphere is, what that does is it creates more water vapor. A warmer atmosphere means that water is more likely to be in a vapor state. Water vapor is, imagine breathing on a cold day and you see the steam come out of your mouth. That's water vapor. You see a cloud, you know, that's condensed water vapor. That's fuel for rain. And a warmer atmosphere, you have more water vapor, you have more fuel, you can have heavier rainfall. Basically, with climate change, it doesn't make extreme events. It makes extreme events more likely. It makes them more frequent, and it makes them more intense. And we're talking about both ends of the spectrum. So I liken it to, I have a term I've dubbed binge rainfall. And we're familiar with binge watching, you know, your favorite new season on Netflix comes out. You know, maybe it's Stranger Things or maybe it's uh, Ozark or whatever it is. And, well, you have a couple choices. You can watch that whole new season, like, within a couple days. Or you could spread that season out over, say, 10 weeks. It's the same content, but are you consuming that content in a short period of time? Or are you consuming that content over a longer period of time? And it's the same thing with rainfall. With climate change, there will be certainly some changes in how much rain falls over an entire year. But the expectation is that there's going to be more extremes, more extreme heavy rainfall and more extreme lack of rainfall. Just looking at the record rainfall that we recently had in Auckland, does that fall into the binge rainfall that you're referring to here? This year could be a great example of that. The first three months of the year, we've had more than half of the rain in Auckland that normally falls over the entire year. Think about that. Let's repeat that for a second. Your annual rainfall, the amount of rain that falls in 12 months, we've gotten about 60%, maybe more of that in just about three months or so. Now, let's think that through. You can imagine a scenario, and this isn't far-fetched where it's unusually dry in, say, winter. Maybe it's unusually dry in spring. So all of a sudden, as maybe we add another six months to the calendar, now we're nine months into the season as we fast forward, and maybe we're about 80% or 70% of the annual rainfall. And what if we don't get a lot of rain in summer? Well, at the end of the year, maybe we end up with what we normally get over the entire year. And that is a great example of binge rainfall. And that's something that's going to become more common with climate change. Chris, many New Zealanders will be worried right now about the cost of keeping their homes warm as temperatures start to dip. So what are some of the simple and cheap things that we can do to ensure that our homes stay comfortable during these colder months? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if, if you're facing the north, <laughs> that's good. You want to open your curtains and blinds. If you have any north-facing windows or things like that to let the sun in, obviously, common sense here, you, having your home properly insulated, things like that, those go a long way. Trees are really good because certainly in the summer season, they'll have their leaves. And in the warm season, that could protect or at least reduce the amount of sunlight coming in the house, kind of keeping it cool a little bit. But in the winter, if it's a um, deciduous tree, They'll lose their leaves, and then that allows the sun to come in. So things like trees could be, you know, a helpful sort of thing. But insulation, opening your curtains to allow for, you know, that sun to come in when there is sun, even at a low sun angle, those sorts of things can go a long way to taking the chill out of the house. Thanks for joining us, Chris. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The front page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow the front page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.